On Wednesday, as everybody knows by now, Judge Arthur Ingeron not only called Donald Trump up to the stand to be sworn in and explain why he attacked the law clerk and Trump swears he didn't, but the judge says, yeah, you're not a credible witness. You did pay us $10,000 in the next 30 days. But what you may not know is that shortly after that, Donald Trump left the courtroom, like after getting fined, sanctioned by the judge, Trump left the courtroom just like he did after the last time he was sanctioned and declared victory. He literally got in trouble with the judge, got punished by the judge, then goes outside and tells reporters, quote, we won the trial and the judge should end this trial immediately. Thank you. We won. You, you literally just lost and you walked outside and said, we won. If this man is on drugs for the love of God, can you share them with everybody else? Because I think we all need that kind of optimism in our lives, but you're not on drugs. You're living in an alternate reality. And I don't know if it's a coping mechanism or if you are genuinely that mentally disturbed to think that, that you won after you literally just lost even more than you've already lost. I, I, I don't get it. This isn't normal behavior. And of course, all of those reporters standing outside of that courtroom should know better than to just listen to this a-hole sit there and lie to their faces about what just happened in that courtroom. Now I know all the media outlets, except maybe Fox and Newsmax, after Trump said that, they go back on the air in the studio and they're like, well, no, he didn't actually win, but it's the reporters on the scene that have to call him out. They have to get more tough with their answers. And if it means that, oh, he stops talking to them after he leaves the courtroom, then so be it. But y'all have a duty to call this man out when he presents you with an alternative fictional reality instead of just waiting for the folks in the studio to maybe or maybe not call him out on it. Like this is a failure of the media. And for the record, even if you call him out on it, guess what? He's not going to stop talking to y'all because he wants the attention. He craves the attention. He lives off of it. If he does not get enough of it, he will go insane or more insane, depending on how you look at it. So you're not going to lose access to him. He's not going to quit talking to you. He wants his name in the headlines, but y'all have to do a better job of calling out this lunatic when he goes out there and lies to your faces. Not to mention the fact that even though, again, he was just punished before he said we won, we already have a summary judgment in the trial. Before the trial started, Trump had already lost. Okay. They're not having this trial to determine guilt or liability. That's already been determined in the summary judgment. Trump has already lost the trial. All they're doing right now is finding out how much money he has to pay. That's what this is about. He cannot win at this point. I seriously doubt the judge is going to come back and say, Hey, uh, you owe us $0. You're guilty, but you owe us $0. That ain't going to happen. He already lost. He lost even more but every time he gets sanctioned, he's walked out of that courtroom. And I know it's only been twice, but it's been twice in the last week. Every time it happens, he walks out and he's like, we won, we won. 
Well, if by winning you mean losing, then yeah. But that's like the losing Super Bowl team walking out and trying to snatch the Lombardi trophy being like, we actually won this thing. No, your quarterback got sacked 10 times. You fumbled the ball on every play. You didn't win, you lost. And that is exactly what has happened to Donald Trump in that courtroom for the last several weeks. Well, folks, it is official. Republicans in the state of Colorado, Republicans, high-ranking Republicans in Lauren Boebert's own district are officially now saying that the Beetlejuice incident where Lauren Boebert, you know, got a little too handsy with her bow, um, that, according to these Republicans, is the final straw. They've had enough, and they say that Boebert is finished. Let me read you a couple quotes here. In an interview... Uh, Delta County Commissioner Don Soups admitted, quote, just after the Congresswoman's issues at the theater, I just decided that we had to do something different. So I started reaching out and trying to make sure that we had the right person in that seat for the next election. And the right person for that seat appears to be for these Republicans, a man by the name of Jeff Hurd. Jeff Hurd, who I talked about earlier this week, has raised half the amount that Boebert raised in the last three months. So Heard is sitting at about $415,000, I believe was the number. So he's already doing pretty well. And he secured a huge endorsement from the former Republican governor of the state of Colorado. Um, that is a, a former Colorado governor, Bill Owens, who said, quote, I am proud to endorse Jeff Hurd for U.S. Congress for the 3rd District. Jeff is a man of character. He is a hardworking, smart, and sincere leader who will deliver for the district. Now, former Governor Owens carries a lot of sway in the state among Republicans still. And when he comes out, essentially one of the highest ranking Republicans, in addition to the highest ranking local Republicans, and they say, we're done with her. We want this guy instead. That's kind of all she wrote, right? And it doesn't end there. Mesa County Commissioner Cody Davis expressed the dismay the folks in the district are feeling about Boebert's antics, explaining, quote, I've defended Lauren for two and a half years now, hoping that things would improve and she'd become a more effective leader. I think she was about to round that corner and I was complimentary of that, but what she did at Beetlejuice was altogether indefensible. So again... Another Republican was like, listen, I was okay with all of the goofy crap she was doing. But when I saw her hand go down there in Beetlejuice, listen, I can't defend that. You know, the vaping, the, the just generally causing a disturbance. That's a bridge too far, right? <laughs> Keep it in your pants. You're out as our member of Congress. Then of course, Mesa County Commissioner Bobby Daniel had this to say. In the previous election cycle, I received over 4,000 more votes than the sitting congressional representative. And they're in the same district. This showed that conservatives are voting and thousands did not vote for the incumbent. That's a problem. We have to face the fact we can't keep going on this trajectory and keep this seat. So all of these Republicans in the district, including again, the former Republican governor of Colorado, all saying the same thing. If we put Boebert up for reelection, we will get crushed. You know, to paraphrase Lindsey Graham, 
and we will deserve it because they know that the voters in that district are sick of this. This is not these people operating in a vacuum, by the way, they hear from the constituents. They talk to the other Republicans. They know what the district is feeling and they ain't feeling Lauren Boebert. So it's Jeff Hurd. That will be her primary opponent. So with any luck, Lauren Boebert will suffer the same fate as Madison Cawthorn, right? Madison Cawthorn, first-term Republican, single-term Republican technically, goes for his very first primary after winning the seat last year and loses. And he effectively becomes a lame duck for the remainder of the session till he's out of office. And since then, the 10 months that have followed since Madison Cawthorn has been gone, relative silence. We don't have to talk about that crazy kid anymore, right? And hopefully it's the same thing with Bobert. Hopefully she gets defeated. Actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to say hopefully she gets defeated in the primary because if she gets defeated in the primary, the Republicans probably going to win the general. So I kind of want her to win the primary and then lose the general. But either way, after next year, I hope that I never have to talk about Lauren Boebert ever again. And on this current trajectory, according to the Republicans in the district, there's a very good chance I won't have to. So I've already talked about the fact that Donald Trump declared victory uh, in the trial on Wednesday after he got sanctioned by the judge. But there's another fun thing that happened a little bit later in that day in the courtroom that I still have to talk about just because of the sheer ridiculousness of it. Here's what happened. Trump's lawyers, while they're questioning Michael Cohen, think that they got Cohen in a gotcha moment, right? They think that they got him to admit, even though they didn't, that he never inflated numbers for Donald Trump, which is actually contrary to what he had said the previous day when he said, yes, it was my job to reverse engineer the numbers and make sure that, you know, they were what Trump wanted them to be real or not. I had to do that. So he already admitted that he did it, but Trump's lawyers thought on Wednesday, of course, that they had actually somehow caught him in the gotcha moment and said, Hey judge, He just admitted that he didn't do what he actually already admitted he did. So judge, we want you right now to go ahead and issue a motion to dismiss the case altogether. And judge Arthur Ingeron said, no, um, (laughs) I'm, I'm not going to do that. We're going to keep on going. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, but no, I'm not doing that. So it was at that point that Donald Trump got so pissed off. He stood up virtually, according to people there, ran out of the courtroom. People in the courtroom were audibly gasping at how Donald Trump just like immediately fled the scene. And this is the fun part. The secret service was caught off guard so badly that as Trump's running out, they had to scramble to like grab all their crap and haul ass to catch him before he ran out into the street like a damn toddler. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, folks. Like, I'm sure everybody who's been a parent or has ever had to watch a small child knows that, like, (laughs) you see a child, like, running for an exit towards an open door, and you're like, no, 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 no. And that's effectively what the Secret Service had to do. Their giant man baby 
ran out of the courtroom, was headed straight for the street towards oncoming traffic. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God, he's going to run out and get hit by a car. Um, so they immediately called for the motorcade to, to swing back around and pick him up. He did pause for a moment, and that's when he told the the reporters, like I mentioned earlier today, like, we won this trial, the judge should dismiss. But he was so angry and so discombobulated that he literally just ran out of the courtroom and the Secret Service had to chase after him again like a toddler. So he didn't run into traffic. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? There's no jury, which is probably good for Donald Trump because a scene like that is not going to play well in front of a jury. They're going to look at that as a man who has no self-control and a man who has no self-control is likely to do the things that Trump himself is being accused of doing. So all of these little outbursts from Donald Trump are going to play against him in the final verdict. You know, the repeated violations of the gag order that will work against him when judge Ingeron, who gets to make the final decision, cause there is no jury, when Ingron makes the final decision, those things come into play. He repeatedly violated the gag order, which shows he cannot take direction and he will do whatever the hell he wants to do. And the kind of person who does whatever they want to do is the kind of person that would likely inflate and deflate numbers based on how it suited their needs. A man who cannot control his emotions when he doesn't get his way, who runs out of my courtroom, seems like the same kind of man that would do the things that Trump is accused of. So the more outbursts like this that Donald Trump has, the worse it's going to be when Ingeron finally issues that verdict. Special Prosecutor Jack Smith filed a motion in court this week to Judge Tanya Chutkin, telling her that not only does she need to reimpose her gag order against Donald Trump, which last Friday she temporarily lifted as Donald Trump appeals it. But Jack Smith said, not only judge, do you need to reinstate this immediately because he is actively intimidating witnesses right now in this particular trial. But Smith also told her it's also time for you to revise the conditions of his release, which if she does it, would make it easier for her to put Trump in jail pending the trial. That is what Jack Smith wants her to do. And here's why. As we all know, the big report from this week was that Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's chief of staff, accepted an immunity deal in exchange for testifying against Donald Trump. And it is this particular trial, the one in front of Judge, Judge Tanya Chutkin, that Mark Meadows would be participating in as a witness. I mean, he's already testified given his deposition. So he already is a witness. After this news was revealed, Donald Trump came out, posted on truth social that, Hey, I don't think Mark Meadows would flip. I don't think he'd take this kind of deal because the only people who would take a deal like this are weaklings and cowards. Donald Trump said. So that according to Smith, of course, is an indirect attempt to influence Mark Meadows. 
you know, Donald Trump saying like, you would never do this because if you did, it would mean you're a weakling and a coward. That's intimidation. So here is what Smith said in the filing. This is according to Washington post, uh, without the court's order, prosecutors wrote, there is an quote, immediate risk that witnesses testimony quote, could be influenced or deterred by the defendant's documented pattern of targeting. Notably, the filing urged Chutkin to modify the defendant's conditions of release by making compliance with the order a condition or by clarifying that the existing condition barring communication with witnesses about the facts of the case includes indirect messages to witnesses made publicly on social media or in speeches, which means he wants her to kind of retroactively amend it to where the threat Trump sent against Mark Meadows is considered again, retroactively a violation of his conditions of release. And if you violate the conditions of release, the conditions of release are revoked. You sit in jail until the trial. That is what Smith is asking. It continues such a modification. The prosecutors argue would give Chuck can quote compliance measures available under 18 us code section three, one, four, eight. In addition to those available as a contempt penalty for violating the order, the compliance measures listed in that part of the law are quote, a revocation of release, which means jail an order of detention, which means jail and a prosecution for contempt of court. So he'd be looking at additional criminal charges in addition to sitting in jail until the trial starts, which would mean no more campaigning for Donald Trump, which his, you know, Republican rivals, I'm sure are kind of rooting for Jack Smith and all of this. Otherwise, without the court's intervention, the defendant will continue to threaten the integrity of these proceedings and put trial participants at risk. So it's not because Jack Smith has an ax to grind against Donald Trump. Jack Smith is doing what any prosecutor would do in this situation. As the prosecutor, you want the conviction because that is your job to secure the conviction. And Jack Smith has done a lot of work. He's got a lot of witnesses and he's telling the judge, listen, if Trump continues to go out there and attack these witnesses, not only could it alter their testimony, but it could also alter potential jurors views of these people. He's tainting the jury. He's tainting the witnesses. He's tainting the entire trial. And technically judge you're letting that happen. But it's like I explained earlier this week, judge Tanya Chutkin lifting that order, that gag order essentially was setting a trap for Donald Trump. And now with Jack Smith's filing, he's telling her, you set the trap. He stepped in the trap. Let's go. Now all we have to do is wait and see how Chutkin rules. listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fair and balanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fair and balanced. <laughs>